we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Childlike faith, believing God. Uh, believing God for specific things can be trying at times. How many of you know that? Very trying. You know, I, I'm not, I don't try to appear to be a super spiritual human being and fake the funk. You know, when I'm doubting, I'm just doubting. Amen? Anybody like that? They don't need to be trying to play like, oh yeah, oh, blessed and highly favored. Sometimes I don't feel blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Amen? I'm, I mean, I'm just not rallying off a bunch of stuff that j- just I'm programmed to say. Sometimes I don't feel like that. Amen? Sometimes it gets hard. It gets hard trusted in a God that is not right there. Sometimes. Amen? Am I the only one? Sometimes it gets hard. It really does. The mere fact that God is spirit and we are flesh can create a doubt barrier to hinder our faith. Romans 8 and 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So when our spirit is out of tune with God and our flesh, we're in tune with our flesh, then that's going to create sometimes doubt. Amen? Amen. There are times when you feel God breathing in your ear. He's that close. And there's sometimes when you don't feel you even saved. He's far away. Can I just be honest? I just don't want to be at a church. I just don't want a church where the dude just preach and just, I mean, he just act like he got God in his cell phone. And just going to call him and he's going to always answer. Sometimes, man, amen. sometimes you feel very close. Sometimes when you pray, words just come, come, come. You get up, you be like, whoa. Me and God had a time. And sometimes you get out and pray, Lord, where you at, Jesus? Not answering like you used to. I don't feel your presence. I don't feel you. Distorted views of God's functioning abilities can also hinder our faith. Distorted views of God's functioning abilities. That's when people make God look like something that he's not. Amen. People begin to believe that God is there just to get them out of trouble. But sometimes you need to just quit getting yourself into trouble. I can't get an amen right there. Amen. Sometimes the truth of the word came and you ignored it. And then you hollering, Jesus! No, bro, you, the, Jesus was there before you did it. And gave you the truth about it. That was, that's when Jesus was there. Now if circumstances, situations happen and different things. It's, it's, it's like sometimes you, if you lost your job. It wasn't your fault. Somebody came, did something. You lost your job. I've seen God take care of people during the period in between jobs. Just make things happen. Change things. Everything. Working somebody's behalf. You got mad and cut your boss off out and walked off the job. And then, oh, Lord, where's the provision? Where's the fish? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But a lot of people don't want to take responsibility. You have to take responsibility for what you're doing if you're going to try to have faith to come out of things. Amen? I hope I'm preaching to somebody. When we are shown a negative example of believing, it can cause us also to draw the same conclusions about our own situation. So, now, this is, this is going to get a little testy, what I'm about to say, but I hope y'all understand it. A lot of times, 
you know, uh, the older school of thought was that, you know, religion was something that you had to uh, wear 24-7, always show, always speak. And when you get in front, especially when you get in front of the church, you had to appear that you were a super spiritual kind of person, right? Well, when kids grow up watching overly religious people, okay, they see God and everything, hear God and everything they saying, this and that and this. But then those people don't operate the way God or the Bible really illustrates. Then they get a warped sense of who God is. Does that make sense? Two overly religious people and then they divorce. That's devastating to a child because all they walked around talking about was the love of God. And they got the love of God, but they couldn't even stay together. Okay, so where was that love of God? You see what I'm saying? It's better when sinners divorce and a child see that because you leave God out of it. When a child sees two people that are claiming and talking religious and spiritual and all this and that, and this, then a lot of times when they, when they go through those periods of watching daddy beat mama or watching mama this or daddy and hear him arguing and fussing and cussing and all this and then they get in church and they overly spiritual and get on that altar boy and all that kind of stuff, then they grow up with a warped sense of who God is. So as they get older, it's hard for them to truly believe in the God of the Bible. Amen. I talked about that last week. That's why people get into five percenters and the Hebrew Israelites and all of these spinoffs of Christianity to empower the black man or whatever it is, because the the true Bible wasn't illustrated correctly. So they want to find fault in the true Bible. So they want to say, hey, that's the white man Bible. That Jesus was a white man in that Bible. Well, they're just trying to find fault in the Bible because they saw fault in the way religiosity was carried out before them. Does that make sense? And so when you talk about Jesus, God, and this, and you get up and testify in church and this, and then your kids don't see it in action in the home, then a lot of times they will gravitate to these other religions and spinoffs because they don't trust the God that you had. That makes sense? I'll tell you what's really bad. When, when a man is not in the home and you got a single mom and that single mom paints a very negative picture of the father of the children in that home, well, then it's hard for those children to trust a father God. Because the only reason we read the Bible, understand God and know God, we, we're supposed to learn that through the example of our earthly father. Amen. I mean, God even used our earthly father as an example. He said, if your earthly father can give you this and that, then how much more can I give you? I can't get amens in here, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so when people, you know, when you see it done the wrong way, sometimes it makes you throw it all away. And it makes faith hard. It makes faith and believing and trusting in God really, really hard. If you had experiences where your father would make all these promises to you and never come they never come true he would never do them then it's hard for you to trust that God will do what he says it's hard and so these things make it hard for us and they are negative things that make us draw these conclusions Jose 4 and 6 my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge and he's speaking of the knowledge of God I will also reject thee thou shalt not be priest to me seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of God I will also forget who the children. So the children are always the consequence when the law of God is broken. Are y'all still with me? All right. I want y'all to get this now. This is why it's so important to surround ourselves with good examples of what? Faith. 
good examples of faith as well as being encouraged by the true progress of others. When we see God meet the needs of his people, it strengthens our faith and trust in him. Now, this is important because this is why we don't put on a front about, you know, the religiosity, spirituality and how deep we are and all that. No, we just be human beings. But when God comes through for us and we tell others about it, that's encouraging. That's why you need fellowship. You don't need to base God on just your experience. You need fellowship. Like I said last week, you need some friends. Amen. Because you need to see God do things for some other people. Not just God living in your head with your decisions. After a while, it's going to become more of you and less of God. You need somebody. You need someone to balance you out. You need someone before you. You need friends that you can talk to or they can encourage you. Amen. There are several people in here that moved. Well, almost everyone in here moved from another state or relocated it. But a lot of them did it based on talking to somebody else online that had done it. It was a hard. That, I mean, that's a tough decision to make to leave a city and come down here and, and, and join a church or whatever. So a lot of you were communicating with people that were here and they encouraged and said, oh, yeah, I did this and this. My husband did this and this and made it better. It was easy. We did it like this. And, it, and that encouraged you. Am I telling the truth? Amen. Some of you were without jobs and you was talking to your friend or whatever. And they told you, say, look, hey, man, I was I got laid off my job from years back. But I just prayed, gave it to God. God fixed it. He held me. And now I have. A, and that encouraged you and made you want to go further. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that, that's encouraging. So you need friends. You're not going to make it by yourself. Amen. You need fellowship. You won't make it by yourself. And you definitely won't make it if all your friends are unsaved. Only time you see saved folks is when you come to church. Something is wrong with you. But when we see God meet the needs of his people, it strengthens our faith and our trust in him. Psalms 1 and 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of what? Blessed is the man that don't hang around a bunch of unsaved folks. Where Jesus hung around. I hate when people say that. Especially when they use the word hung around. Because Jesus didn't hang around anyone. And he definitely didn't hang around sinners. Sinners came where he was to question him. Amen. Let's come on Bible scholars, folks that really read the Bible. The sinners came to where he was to question him. And he gave them answers that changed their lives. But he wasn't hanging with them. Giving them five and high-fiving sinners. That's what I think. When I get hanging, I'm just thinking he just, hey, doc. Jesus wasn't calling nobody Doc. <laughs> Jesus called you Doc, a thesoscope would just appear. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Oh, oh. <laughs> Gloves and everything. Mask. <laughs> <laughs> but blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Amen. A saved person don't have any business hanging around sinners. Why you want to be around the opposite of you? You need a challenge. <laughs> Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Why you hang around people that are hurt and always talking about folks? And you join a new church. A week later, you already with the gossiping hag. How did you find her? 
church, you only been there a week and they only have service once a week. Next Sunday, you sitting right next to her. Came in and found the hag. Because that's one in every church. Got everybody's business. And you just, I mean, you walked in the door and like a magnet just... Just attracted to foolishness. How did you do that? That's amazing. But no, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you're blessed when you avoid ungodly people and sinners and scornful people. The Bible. Look at somebody say the Bible. The Bible said, blessed is the man that walketh not, does not walk with these people. So how was Jesus hanging around them? Was Jesus blessed? Then he wasn't hanging around them. And those sinners that, were, that, that came where he was was smart enough to not be with the ungodly. Feeding the appetite of the flesh makes the flesh grow stronger. Anybody know that? You don't believe me? Take a week and watch all the Fridays. Friday next Friday. Friday after next Thursday before that Friday, first Friday of the month, after you watch them old perverted movies, you're going to feel some kind of way. Somebody cut you off on the freeway, you're going to cuss them out. Walk by somebody smoking weed, you're going to want some. Because those movies conditioned you and they strengthen your flesh. I, I wish I could preach in here. I really wish I could preach in here. Your flesh got stronger because you fed it. You know, your flesh is so strong, it can take over your taste buds. This is why we fast. You ever been on a real good fast, like a real long fast? Maybe 10 days. It only takes really 10. If you can go 10 days with just water, an interesting thing happens. Your taste buds change. And your sense of smell changes. What's really happening is your body begins to really crave what it needs more than what it wants. Yeah. Because see, your taste bud sends a signal to your brain to let you know that vitamins or nutrients or whatever's in what you're eating is coming. Right? But when you eat a bunch of MSG and a bunch of these things that trick those taste buds and trick your brain, you lose your true sense of smell and taste. Almost 99% of us in here are eating things that our body doesn't even want. But we've tricked our taste buds into thinking that it wants it because we say we want it. But if you go on a fast and do without it, then your body will begin to, it'll be freed up so it can tell you what it is that it really needs. And your sense of smell and taste totally changes. Most of us will try to eat after 10 days. You'll try to eat what you used to eat and it'll make you sick. And you got to force it. Why are you forcing it? You're forcing it. We went on that fast for one week. And everybody tried to jump in like that Sunday and start eating what they... You can't do it. Your body don't even want it anymore. body never wanted it. You see what I'm saying? But you strengthen your flesh to desire that. Because that's what you were eating. Or you was watching the commercials. Watching the Dorito chip dance. 
And that's what happens. So when we feed our flesh, our flesh gets strong. This causes us to think fleshly and operate based on the abilities of the flesh. So here's the thing. When you, after you watch all them Fridays and your flesh is strong, lust is strong, flesh, all that, you just want what you want, prayer life starts suffering, reading the word starts suffering because your flesh is too strong for anything spiritual, right? And so when that starts happening, then you start basing things off what you're able to do, your own ability. It becomes about you. Yeah. And then once you fall, Jesus, you still there? Is all you there? I know I shouldn't even be trying to come, but I need you. Yeah, because you did, you made decisions, you thought you knew what you wanted, you started doing what you thought was best for you, you just went on a you trip because your flesh was strong and it quieted the voice of the spirit. Second Peter 2 and 10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and, and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. And they're not afraid to speak evil of dignity. So when you build your flesh up, you become flesh-willed, self-willed. Then you start doing things on your own without even considering God. It's that rapper that get up and thank God. And his song is booty all night. <laughs> I'd like to thank God for this number one hit. First, I'd like to say thank God. Ooh. Mm. Dude, your song. I don't even make any sense. How you thanking God for that song? But you're so self-willed until you just, you think God is with you. And he, he came along. Hey man, Beyonce, when she was singing at the Stella Awards, she thought she was singing to Jesus. She really did. She was singing to Satan, but she thought she was singing to Jesus. And the audience thought she was singing to Jesus. Because they just saw 50 homosexuals singing. So you know they're insensitive. They don't have any sensitivity to Satan. <laughs> Ain't no homosexual singing to Jesus. They can try. God is like. <laughs> you don't believe me? His word said, these people, they draw near me with their lips. He said, but their heart is where? In order for us to operate in faith, we must build up our what? The most important thing I'm going to tell you today is this. In order for you to operate in faith, we must build up our what? Don't wait till you get sick and start trying to build your spirit man up so you can get healed. Do that now. Look at somebody and say, do that now. Yeah. Do it now. You love God, then start loving him. Yeah. Build up your spirit, man. Galatians 6 and 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh what? Reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit do what? Reap everlasting life. Life everlasting. God's spirit operates through our human spirit. So, if we walk by mere sight, which is our flesh, then we will be limited by what the flesh is able to do. So, a person that's constantly, constantly, constantly feeding their flesh, they get to a point where they really need something to happen, and all they can really rely on is themselves. 
That's why you need friends. Look at somebody and say friends. Because you need a friend to come to you and say, no, man, remember the Bible says that uh, he's, ex- he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So what you thinking is impossible. It's not impossible. God can do it. But if you're caught up in your flesh, you'll forget that scripture. I can't get amen. Anybody ever done that? You were just laid up in doubt, just gave up. And somebody came, a friend or somebody you trust came and spoke. Oh, no, nah, that'd be all right. I went through that before. Man, God can do anything. You'd be like, really? Because sometimes that just sounds different. When it's in your head, God can do anything. And then you sitting there looking at the problem, it don't sound the same. Somebody walk up to you, hey, man, God can do anything. And I don't like all that old spooky stuff. Now, you can live your life like, I don't need no bum on the street looking up. You know God knows what's going on. I'll, I'll, I'll need that. that, that y'all keep that. I don't need him calling my name. Craig. A bum. God can do it. <laughs> no, man, I need my boy. That's what I need. I don't need no voice speaking through the wall and a, a finger writing. Don't, I don't need all that. I don't need that. Hey, man, I believe God. I don't, uh-uh. I need relate. We need re- That's why you need relationships. Second Corinthians five and seven. For we walk by faith and not by what? We walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. Is what it's saying. Amen. F- flesh is represented by the word sight. So what we can see sometimes we can't see enough, and it looks bad in our own eyes. So we must have faith. Amen. Amen. Believing for things from God requires us to trust in Him. Trusting him comes from childlike faith in him. This simply means that our faith is not based on what we know because a child knows nothing. Amen. A child just believes. Just watch a child while you walking around holding them. If that was you, you'd be trying to get a good grip, man. Child be just, <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A child's not worried about you. I don't even know enough to know what kind of grip you holding. Amen. But if that was us, somebody holding us like that, I'd be scared for my life. Especially those, those moms that can wash dishes, talk on the cell phone, and hold the baby. And how's I'm cooking too. And baby just, yeah. That's childlike faith. Amen. Mark 10 and 15. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. When our childhood has been scarred by broken promises and distrust, then this will inherently affect the way we believe. This goes back to when we, those broken promises, broken promises, a lot of times they hurt us and our belief in God. This will inherently affect the way we believe. Ephesians 4 and 31. When we, when we come to Christ, y'all, we got to let all the bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking all be put away with all malice. So that means everything that we felt, everything that we experienced when we were young, when we come into Christ, we are new creations. Old things are passed away. All things become new. We got to let that stuff go. Amen? Got to let what daddy did. Got to let it go. Oh, I just wish daddy was. Daddy is 60. He's done changing. I tell people that all the time, man. I just feel some kind of way, man. I just, I just want my dad to get it. I want, he will never get it. You love him like he is because that's who he is. 
But you got to let all that bitterness go and what happened and what he did and what went on when I was young. Because that stuff will plague you and mess your life up. You will lose trust and faith in God and you will be the worst Christian ever. We must, we must overcome the past. This is done by dying to who we were and what was done to us. When we are reborn, we no longer base what will happen on what has already occurred. Anybody done that? When you were born again, the generational curse stopped. So I don't care if three fathers down the road and all of them was jacked up and all of them had children outside of relationships and all that kind of stuff. It changed with you. The curse was broken with you when you gave your life to the Lord. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things are what? Behold, which means look and see. All things have become new. So you now set the example. That's why you can love the Rolling Stone. Because you're not one. I love you, daddy, but things are different in my house. And you don't have to tell him that. Yeah, daddy, I'm doing things the right way because you suck. You don't do that to your daddy. The Bible says you do that, your days are cut short. I don't care what he's rolling over. You, you, amen. You don't dishonor your parents. If he's a bum in the gutter, you put a coat on him. If he's naked, you put a coat on him. Amen. A whole world was cursed because Noah's son made the wrong choice and spoke evil of his father's condition. And the two blessed brothers covered his covered their father, covered his nakedness. I can't get an amen in here. I don't care what he's done. You don't put your mouth against your father. And it's not just the father. It's the mother too. You don't talk to your mother like she's your homegirl and she's your friend. That's your mama. Bible says, honor thy father and mother that thy days will be long upon the earth. Amen. You will die. But when we were born, all of this is supposed to change. Ephesians 4 and 22. That you are to put away in relation to your earlier way of life, the old man which has become evil by love of deceit. So you got to put the old man away and change when you come to Christ. Amen. This puts you in position to operate in faith. Let me tell you something. Don't wait till you're in trouble to try to get this stuff right so you can pray to God. When the word comes, that's when you do it. Amen. You should walk there in after this message. Somebody got some phone calls to make. Summary. Trusting God requires our faith to be childlike. This means we are believing in God like a child believes and relies on their parents. Children don't think about what it takes to get what they desire. They will ask you for anything. They don't, they don't know. They don't count up the cost or base their asking on whether or not it's possible. That's childlike. They just expect it. And once something is promised to them, oh boy, they keep believing until it comes. Amen. You young folks, see Kirby, y'all got a little baby. Y'all don't know this yet. They get a certain age where they understand stuff you tell them. And they say, mama, can we go here? And you say, yes, that's it. It's set in stone. It's going to happen. And they're going to keep asking you until it happens. We're still going. We're still going. We're still going, right? 
We still going? And don't ever tell them like days in advance. Amen. They, they expect it. That's childlike faith. And that's what we have to have. Children are very persistent. They will continue to remind you of it until it comes. Amen. This is because their faith is not contingent upon what has happened before. But it's always renewed with each situation. You can let them down a hundred times. And they will believe each This is how we must be when petitioning God for things. I'm not saying ask for things that are not lining up with God's plan for us. But the faith that a child has to defy the impossible is what I'm referring to. With God, all things are possible as long as we what? Believe. Believe. No matter what has happened before, we must trust that God can do it this time. When we are believing based on what his word says then we should keep believing until it happens. Matthew seven eleven. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? Amen? Everyone stand to your feet. Childlike faith. Sometimes we have to have this renewed because the cares of this life have messed up a lot of promises and so we got to have this renewed sometimes we grew up getting promises and they never came true made us lose some hope lose some faith maybe some situations happened and we have something right before us that we need to happen and we need God to work on our behalf so we need faith we need faith to make this happen and we need to go back to childlike faith the way you used to believe. I remember when I, I was going through a situation that was really, really tough. I don't know if my mama remembers this, but I was going through a situation that was really tough. And man, it was just, I was talking all down and talking all depressed and this and this and this. And I was talking to my mom and my mama told me, she said, you know what, what, what happened? What happened to the way you used to be? And I said, what you mean? She said, you used to could just, I mean, we were, when we were sick in the house and stuff, you would, we would, you would just come and lay hands on us and pray for us. And, and it would always work. And you just believe. You just would never doubt. And you would just always just, no, no, no. And that came to my mind the other day. That's, that's childlike faith. I was younger, so I hadn't gone through a bunch of things. So, I, you know, I just had that faith. To believe because I had a pattern of works that led up to it and all of that. And she reminded me of that. And I remembered and I was like, man, I got to go back to having childlike faith. I can't let the cares of this life mature me to the point to where my flesh is now the judge or the, my flesh is interfering. I got to continue to believe God no matter what. Like a child. And that's how we have to approach certain situations. We got to go back to that childlike faith. Amen. Everyone bow your heads. Father God, I thank you, Lord. We just thank you, God, for being God. And thank you, Lord, that the way we connect with you is through our faith. And God, thank you, Lord, for childlike faith, coming to you as a child, believing in you, not basing it on cares of this life or things that have happened to us, but basing it on what you said and you being our father and just trusting you. 
So I pray right now for these adamant believers that are in this place, God, whatever the situation is that many of them are facing, Father God, that you will intervene on their behalf and answer them and make that promise come to fruition. God, we believe in you. And I pray right now that you give us back childlike faith. That we will forget all the things that went wrong, all the times that things spiraled out of control, all the times that our flesh attempted to do it without you. And help us go back to trusting you as a father and we being your children. You said if our earthly fathers would give good things to us, how much more would you give to us? So we just thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for that childlike faith coming back into our lives so that we can truly believe for whatever is in front of us and continue to follow your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.